If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw and answer them for modern life and love. As ever, you're listening to Juno Dawson and Dylan B. Jones. And this week, we have the most legit guest. Like <laughs> this, pod- this podcast now, you might have thought it was frivolous, but we have an actual MP on the podcast this week. Please welcome So I Got You Thinking, MP Stella Creasy. Welcome. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining us from your constituency of Walthamstow in God's own country country of Walthamstow. (laughs) We all know your postcode. We will forever know (laughs) your postcode. Um, And I realised on Instagram a couple of weeks ago that you are also, as well as being an incredible MP and as well an advocate for women's rights and especially something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast which is maternity leave and parental leave and paternity Mm. leave this is something that we've been talking about a lot so it's such a pleasure to have you on because you're also a massive Sex in the City fan hooray (laughs) I'm aging myself massively obviously (laughs) are we are we well aren't we all aren't we all (laughs) Can I just also paint but, a paint an image for listeners that Stella's coming to us with a baby in one hand and a pint-sized coffee mug in the other? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> standard, standard. But it is, you know, the sun is still in the eye, so it's, it's still coffee. I just need to be clear about that. <laughs> but, you know, it's obviously we will get to one just like that in a second. But, like, in our first season of So I Got to Thinking, we did the episode The Baby Shower with um, an amazing... Um, friend of mine the DJ Alice Beverton Palmer who is now pregnant with her first child and so we would have been recording that about two years ago and we talked even then about surely we can only finally have smashed the patriarchy when a woman poses no greater risk in the workplace than a man and I just got back oh, no no trip. we are we are dangerous you should see what we can do with a stapler no, yeah, an, an unfurled <laughs> paperclip, yeah, deadly and um, sharp scratches. Um, but you know, actually, I, just, I do I have to admit, I sit in parliament and I do just think if I could just flick, you know, just like I used to do at school, I was so badly behaved at school. <sighs> I was really, I was such, I, I like, I always feel like I need to apologize to all my teachers because I was just a nightmare to teach. But we used to flick ink 
at people. <gasps> I know. It's that so bad. Stains. It? There's so, nothing know, that stains. Out. Oh my god. But I just, you know, I sit, I sit in in Parliament, and I do just think sometimes, <laughs> just, just, you know, maybe just to pass the time. Because didn't you <laughs> get in? You were in bother. I get into so much trouble. I get in trouble took, all the time. You took your baby into the House of Commons, and this yeah. apparently was this was apparently forbidden. Yeah. Or so I, I have no maternity cover. Um, so I don't know what people expect me to do if I'm going to do my job because he's too little to leave on his own. I mean, I could leave him in a pub with a pint and a packet of crisps. He'd probably be perfectly happy, <laughs> but I think some people might get a bit cross with me. So um, I have to take him with me and, um, you know, nobody else can really look after him because I'm feeding him right now. I'm breastfeeding. And in any other walk of life, people go, yeah, but, you know, you have maternity cover. Absolutely. You don't as a parliamentarian. So if I'm going to represent Walthamstow and make sure Walthamstow's heard, this little guy's got to come with me at this point in time. That's why he's here with me now. You know, he's meant to be asleep, clearly not taking any direction from his mother at all. Um, and, you know, I'd taken babies into the chamber before. I'm not the first one to do it, but apparently somebody had found a rule. I mean, you know, a girl could feel like she wasn't welcome. <laughs> like, Imagine. People keep finding bits of rule books to cut me out of things. I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like when people, people tell you that a party isn't happening and you're like, no, but I can see everybody and I can, I can see the lights are on. You know? Oh, oh. Um, anyway, yeah. we are here to talk about, and just like that, episode three, <laughs> When in Rome. Yeah. Dylan. So because I'm on maternity leave, obviously I'm watching a lot of television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Good, good, time, great time TV. New Witcher today as well. Um, Dylan, give us a potted synopsis. What happens in episode three? Oh, is this our first? I don't think we did a potted synopsis last time, did we? We had a well, lot. Because there's finally a plot. Week. Yes, there's finally a plot in episode three. <laughs> Thank God. That's true. There's plot. There's mildly believable dialogue sometimes. Um, there's some acting as well. Um, um, so hang on, let me just do a. I'm a bit discombobulated now. Um, first part of synopsis. Um, so it hinges around Carrie, um, the reading of the will. We knew Gloria was going to come back into play. Turns out Gloria's there while they're reading the will. Um, and it turns out Big has left Natasha a million dollars, um, which as Charlotte says, is only 480,000 after, <laughs> after tax. <laughs> um, Mere pocket change. Yeah, you know, you can get a couple of Birkins with that. Um, so Carrie hunts down Natasha and, um, some really, in my opinion, some really good stuff ensues. Um, also we've got Che doing their Netflix taping, um, and the ladies all go to that. And, um, is that it? What else have we got? That's it. We've got a non-binary child. Yes. We, we have or a, yeah, Rose. Yeah. Rose. Or a child who we're not, sh- we're not sure. We're not sure. Let's let's what tackle them happening. in turn. Yeah. Um, I have so many. And, and then you've also got Miranda, the continued kind of deconstruction of Miranda from, <laughs> yes. you know, successful city lawyer to like midlife cry. I mean, the, the motorbike is on its way, clearly. <laughs> oh my gosh, a sidecar. She's got a, um, <laughs> she's got a leather jacket waiting in the closet as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Um, let's, I think. Like Stella said, this episode feels much more traditional. Last week, yeah. the po- last week, both the episodes and the podcast were all over the shop. Yeah. 
Whereas this week, I think we can almost approach this episode like we would any episode of Sex and the City, where we kind of run through each character in turn and look look at anything we can take away or what we can learn from their adventures. First of all, I have the most amazing fact that I'm obsessed with. This came from my friend Sarah Lee, who points out that Gloria, big secretary, my mind is blown, is Joey Tribbiani's mum in Friends. <laughs> yeah. Had you not? I, no, I knew I knew her from somewhere. I was like, where do I know this woman from? And I was I didn't Google. I could have just Googled, to be fair. But it's Joey's mum. I'm so shook by that. Um, well, look, hey, hey, now that now that Big has passed on, there's a vacancy. How you doing is a great opening gallery. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Crossing the streams of bringing Joey... Because Joey Tribriani clearly never left New York. Ooh. I mean, I'm just True. saying. Well, yeah. we've talked about... Stranger things have happened in Telly. We've talked about a Friends, Sex and the City crossover before, haven't we? Years ago. We have, I think we talked yeah. about it. I'm here for it. Um, I want to know what's do you going think, on. Do you think that's because Phoebe Buffay is responsible for the silly hats that carry it? <laughs> Because that would make a lot of sense. The, the wicker thing. <laughs> it was a placemat. It was a placemat <laughs> from the table that she wick, stuck on her head. Place. I was trying to think what it reminded me of, and it and it's that. <laughs> she, she was grieving. Grief makes you do crazy things. Um, this is a, as good a point as any. We need to acknowledge at some point that this week, between episodes two and three airing, there have been allegations made about Chris mm. Noth's conduct to The Hollywood Reporter... Um, like we're not going to ignore that I don't want you to think no. that we're not reading that um, the question is whether the showrunners knew about it because up until yeah. now you were thinking wow really brave bold decision to kill off Big in the first episode but now you're thinking maybe there was a reason why they did it oh I didn't um, even think in a kind of, of pa- a slightly Patrick Dempsey Grey's Anatomy sort of way <sighs> although obviously that wasn't the same me too moment but it was like actually off screen stuff was happening mm. Um, I think we also need to acknowledge there was only one, because I'm obsessed with this now, one negative piece of shade about Samantha Jones in this episode, as opposed to the previous two episodes where literally couldn't stop going on about how difficult she was. Part um, of me... But so obviously the off-show stuff is influencing the on-show scripting to some yeah. extent. And we said last week that it's, it really differs from the original show in that they also acknowledge the real world a lot more, in the, like the world that we live in a lot more in this one. Um, part of me, part of me, th- I know we're going off. Yeah, I, I still don't think we can live. We can say we live in a real world when she's walking around in a pair of six-inch heels, going, "These, These are my sneakers." My sneakers. <laughs> like, that's no. Oh, Harry, yeah, <laughs> just, just no. Oh, can you imagine that woman's the, bunions? Straps. Yeah. Her bunions must be off the scale. Just bleeding ankles <laughs> is what I'm saying. Just actual. Never mind the burn on that? your hand, Carrie. Let's look at your boils. What was that, Juno? <laughs> that you said? I remember Juno. You were talking about Sarah SJP and her heels, and you said that she wore like weights on her ankles yeah. or something to um what she does is between between takes she wears those those weights you strap on your ankles so that then when the camera rolls she takes them off so her feet feel lighter so that she can so basically just the heels by themselves are less torturous than the heels with the weights if only there was a way she could just wear trainers yeah <laughs> yeah i mean 
Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I did love Charlotte, and she's wearing flats. <laughs> and at least Miranda did like, say that is the worst, worst put down, the most down, desperate yeah. put down. I like it's say. Bridget Moynihan, one of the most beautiful women in the world. But yeah, yeah, she's wearing flats. I mean, wearing they were they were flats. grim flat sandals. I think to be fair, they were ugly. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were fugly. But um, but, but even yeah. so, you're like you know. When it comes to it, who's going to be able to run faster? I'm still my money's still on Bridget Moynihan. Of course, yeah. I think going going back to big, circling back to big. Mm. I think you know these these allegations. Ironically, these allegations came from around 2003 and 2011. I think. I think it was 2000 and 2015. There you go. And so the, these are sort of historic allegations. Um, Obviously, Chris Nerth's people have said, oh, why would these women come forward now when, when Chris Nerth is back on television? And I'm like, have we learned nothing from yeah. Me Too and from Harvey Weinstein? And we live in it post-2018. We are living in a different environment. And of course, seeing Chris Nerth splashed all over billboards is going to be hugely triggering for any woman he has had negative run-ins with. And why might these women feel empowered to speak out now in a way that they didn't feel empowered to speak out in 2003? And that's because we've had a global sea change in the way that we approach historic allegations of sexual assault. Um, and so I think time will tell, but my instinct, mm. as ever, is to believe women because women don't lie about rape. Well. He's, he's at his most powerful because he's like being lauded all over the press for bringing back the big and doing a cameo. Mm -hmm. Actually, why would women come forward when someone's at their most powerful unless there was something really important to say? Exactly. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. But like mm. I said, I, I, know, I know who I'm inclined to believe. Um, let's start with Carrie, as ever. Um, again. What was you know the milkmaid outfit? Sorry, can we just have a moment on that? What was the milkmaid outfit? I know you said grief makes you do strange things. Yes. But she was wearing like what she looked like slept. a milkmaid up. I, I think she's quite I that... think she's quite partial to that sort of vibe. Because in season one she wore like a sort of Bavarian milkmaidish outfit as well. Maybe she's You think you think you think it's the kind of slightly Wagnerian element of Carrie <laughs> where, you know, <laughs> maybe i did like i really liked the pink look the pink look when she was stalking with Natasha. the belt. um i liked that she had the bell and um, i thought yeah. that was a sick look yeah the, there's layering is not i'm not the but biggest her layering that the whole layering over teeth fine but don't wear frilly yeah like, mm. the, the frilly layering as she was taking me. her coat off when she had the puffiness i was a bit like oh this is this is it, yeah, no. strange <laughs> it's a lot i think I'm obsessed with how long her hair is. Yeah, I mean, that's gorgeous. a very shallow observation, but it's it's really healthy for someone who's been doing hair. That is a lot of work, that hair. Mm, yes. As she as she said, she she spent a lot of money to look blonde. Um, <laughs> but I thought I thought this one I loved and was relieved by last night's episode. By this week's episode, sorry. Um, because it felt like Carrie, it felt like Sex in the City. Like when she was like cha when they were all like chasing after Natasha and stuff. Um, I was like, I feel like okay, but so is that what is that the the, the the philosophical questions? Is that what we love about Carrie? Is when her love life is going yeah. wrong? Because basically, yes. <laughs> yes, I you know what was prefigured was what they said in episode in in the in the the funeral where someone said we forget what a prick he was to mm. her, and then here he is even in death on the grave. doing things that undermine her confidence in her relationship and undermine who she, and and take her back to awkward you know insecure carrie who 
felt very relatable. I mean, absolutely. That episode one where they were like dancing to dire 70s pop together and it was, you know, here's Mr. Big cooking up pasta as if that was ever be part of the Mr. Big kind of mystique. You know, if, if, if the, well. whole, the whole program is built on the idea that a booty call could be something more. Like your booty call does not worry about what kind of salmon he's cooking for you. Mm. Um, You're right. To take him back to that yeah. kind of level of like, you know, actually, yeah, he makes her feel small and insecure and needy. Um, even if she acknowledges it, you just sort of think, is that is that the point of this program? Is actually women fundamentally will always feel miserable in relationships. Ooh. Oh, oh, God, that's bleak. Oh, I, ho- I hope You know what, not. it's like, like yeah, but, oh. but you've, got a, you've got a good group of girlfriends who can, you know, take you out and uh, cheer you up and go and buy a pair of sneakers, you know? Because mm. <laughs> I think... You're right. So that scene, so Carrie, when Carrie and Miranda met on the steps outside the mm. university and Carrie talked about the good years, and I realised as an audience of Sex and the City, we will never see the good years. So the first run, well, bad well, years. No, to be fair, we did in Sex and the City to, to the movie, and it was oh, we don't terrible. It was yeah, we don't, so don't honestly anymore. We don't, re- we don't like... recognise that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we don't we do not recognize that as being official but um yeah you're you're right and there's it's interesting because there is perhaps a story to be told out of domestic banality and i think that's the story we saw this week with miranda and steve which we'll get onto mm. a bit later i loved 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 the stuff with carrie and natasha it felt like <laughs> a kind of closure I really obsessed, obsessed with the fact it turns out Najinsky is in fact her surname. Yes. Because way back when in series two, when Carrie was like Natasha or Najinsky or whatever she's called, she was actually referring to her surname. <laughs> we just thought she was being horrible. No, no, she's actually Natasha Najinsky. So there we go. That's one historic mystery solved. But I thought Bridget Moynihan was amazing. Yeah, she was incredible. I do really appreciate these little Easter eggs that they're putting in for 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 like scrutinising fans like us. Um, for like the mega like, fans. Are you are you still awake? Question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you still alive? Um, I also really liked the symmetry of like um, her like slamming the door on Carrie and Carrie burning herself was like the the symmetry between like when Natasha fell down the steps and chipped her tooth like they've each got a little injury now mm. um i thought that was a direct reference to that um of course, yeah. which was good, which was cool. and i did i did i laughed out loud at the scene where they spot her from the window and they all run away <laughs> covering their heads like as if she can't see them <laughs> yeah like if you do this people can't yeah. see you that is, that. it's foolproof absolutely foolproof <laughs> just invisibility um, i guess that is what you but i also thought it was it was such a powerful thing that natasha did not want to see her to the extent that she had something like i thought the character of natasha was written really well as a counterpoint but here was a woman who once you got rid of mr big actually she's doing really well in life she's happy she, she doesn't want to know she's not interested in going back and reheating the past and finding out she doesn't I mean the the world they all live in that someone who gives you a million quid and you're like, no, I don't want it. It's like, are you insane? <laughs> Give it to charity. Even after tax, <laughs> even after tax, that's a lot of money. You know? Yeah. Um we should acknowledge like how much, yeah, how much was his estate that a million right? quid was on? I was just gonna <laughs> say, how much has Carrie got? If Natasha, his ex-wife, is getting a million dollars, what has Carrie inherited? 
Well, I imagine that New York real estate is probably as pricey as London real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those fancy, those, fa- those fancy apartments with multiple rooms, rooms big enough to fit a Peloton and a shower and a towel rack. You know? Yeah, that's a few mi- <laughs> she probably She's probably done that's all right. That's a few metal, at least. But still, you know. Yeah. Um, and- it's why I mean, she can get. It's why she can get by on a dreadful podcast. That that's why she doesn't need a real job. Um, but that's also why the line. It wouldn't matter if he just gave her ten dollars. Yeah, yes, it, it yes, would it matter. Would. It totally <laughs> would matter. That he's giving her a million quid, mate. Come on. <laughs> oh, a million dollars. The things I could do with a million dollars if I was a rich girl. La, 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 la. Um, um, you could buy a decent hat for a funeral for a start. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have to wear all my clothes at once. <laughs> the line about her, Carrie was like, oh, I just found her on Instagram. And she was like looking when she like couldn't find her. And she was like, oh, I've just found her on Instagram. Carrie totally would have already stalked her Instagram like years ago as soon as Instagram came out. But that's fine. I'm sure. I don't know. Do you know what? Like Stella said, it has been, if we're thinking about the real timing, it has been 20 years since Big and Natasha got divorced. Like, yeah, it doesn't look move, like that. <laughs> move on. Everybody needs to move on. But I can see why, again, it says more about Big, that he's yeah. kind of left this strange curveball in his will that has sent Carrie spiralling. And I did think spiralling Carrie was wonderful. And again, mm. 10 out of 10 to Sarah Jessica Parker, who I think should bring it every ball. You know, why you gag so? Yeah. yeah. No, that was, that, and that was much better than the kind of smug let's all sit around the table in the first episode and try and catch people up 15 years of life yeah yeah we, we don't want to talk about that first <laughs> whilst, scene either. whilst wearing whilst wearing very questionable shoulder pads <laughs> it's like and, and nobody intervening <laughs> yeah that brunch scene that brunch awkward. scene is my sleep paralysis demon. so oh, awkward that's what keeps me awake on a night. Um, oh my god one more thing on natasha do we think the fact that she works at a cashmere company is significant the cashmere connection susan sharon <gasps> i don't know is that oh my god maybe that's why susan sharon and carrie have fallen out yeah, maybe. maybe it's something to do with natasha <laughs> inquiring minds need to know susan sharon what happened with you and carrie um let's just stop there for a minute and we'll be right back after these messages Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Let's move on to... Should we do Charlotte next? I think well, Charlotte. If, if we're going to do Charlotte, we do need to acknowledge there still is no plot with her. Like, what, there's still, what's the point of Charlotte by episode she's three? Just, you know, she's drifting around. She's a bit worried about a few she's things. She's just this kind of foil. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a plot developing. I can see, yeah. With her daughter. But, but quite a lot of threads. So we've got, so let's, right, let's, I'm going to be screenwriter for a moment. So we've got the Rose plot. Yeah. We've got Charlotte being a Pollyanna and Carrie needing to be able to express her feelings without Charlotte trying to cheer her up. Then we've got this straight, very strange plot line with Charlotte and Stanford. Which... Yeah, no, that was really mm. like, I, I don't know. Because also it just seemed out of character for Stanford to be like Anthony trying to say to somebody, you're bothered by me. But Stanford was always supposed to be the very sweet sort of best friend the very kind of you know nerdy and, and slightly neurotic and needy like he would never have said to somebody don't love me I don't give a shit he, he was always the person who was like please please let me be in your gang it was almost so, it kind of reminded me of you know in shows like Lost or Game of Thrones where two characters would meet yeah he's definitely like Dragon. He's a, he's a, but two characters would meet and you'd be like oh my god these two characters have never met before and you get a little kick out of it they obviously have met before but it was almost like that kind of scene wasn't it it was them having it i don't think they've ever had like a conversation have they um well they're obviously wow. trying to set it up so they, they need four people around the table so yes. they need to fill the samantha jones gap yes um so they were tr- but they were trying to set up there would be tension around the table and again you just think no because actually if Carrie felt that there was tension between two of her closest friends. She'd have seen them separately. Yeah, like that's just what you do, isn't it? You know, you don't you don't go, hey, let's bring them all into the mix together <laughs> and yeah. see if they can wind each other up. It's, yeah, it just felt odd. And like these people have known each other for like thirty years now. Like, it's weird. Maybe it was just supposed well, to be funny. He he married her best friend because Anthony was was Charlotte's yeah. best friend. That was the whole deal. Um, it, is, it just felt like lives. an opportunity we're to have lives. another pop. It felt like another opportunity to have a pop at Samantha, who I say I increasingly feel the need to defend her because <laughs> I just think the way they're talking about her absence, it like it undermines the whole girl code of the whole the whole premise that you know you might have crappy relationships with people, but you can have brilliant friendships that make up for everything, and they're totally trashing Samantha in so many different ways. I'm still really hoping that there's going to be a last minute cameo in the final episode. I've decided, and even though as dark as everything is in the world at the moment, I've decided that this is all a big game. And Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker have put aside their differences. Oh, you think it's the very last scene? I really hope they're just it would be amazing. It would be amazing. In the very last scene. Samantha arrives at Carrie's apartment or something and then we all scream and die. And <laughs> I've decided I just want to believe, I want to live in a world where I believe that is still possible, I think. Um, so that's what I'm choosing to believe. It would be, it would be the meme to end all memes. It would, it would stop using that one of Meryl, Meryl Streep shouting. They would just be <laughs> like, Samantha appearing at your door. It would, would be also, every hope that you need. 
it would also be like an incredible feat in terms of like keeping things under wraps as well. Um, while we're on the dinner, that the scene with the four of them, the door slamming was yeah. really weird. Him getting slammed by the door. That's, I don't. Yeah, what's. Yeah. And then Carrie was like, I'm used to getting slammed from behind. What? <laughs> was that. I mean, <laughs> I, think she was, I think she was talking about. Supposed to be talking which, about. Which the now way. with the whole Chris No thing. Oh, God. Chris, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a reference you want, though. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> oh but also, I mean, I, I just. I thought it was really interesting that that both Stanford and Anthony were the only ones in the episode who were kind of truth tellers, who were just telling it like it is, fronting up to people. It was almost like they wanted that to a counterpoint of the three of them, that somehow they're not being truthful and honest with each other. But I'm not quite sure what would, like, what is the, what is the lie? What is the, the thing that Carrie's not facing or that Charlotte's not facing? It's very clear with Miranda. They're like telegraphing it big style. Oh, you know, she's drinking and she's experimenting with her sexuality. But with... The others, if, if if Anthony and Stanford are going to be set up as the ones who, you know, tell Rose that they've got a problem with body odour and then <laughs> tell Charlotte that, you know, she's got to wind her neck in. What does that say about all the other characters, about their ability to, to deliver home truths and be honest with each other? I can't, you know what, I just can't, with Anthony and Stanford, I just can't put my finger on what they're trying to do with them. Because it was a problem and it was the, the, the way that Stanford was that kind of tokenistic gay best friend during the original yeah. series did need addressing. And I'm glad they've kind of, I'm glad they're kind of bringing him into the mix more, but it, mm. I don't, the, the way it's landing feels really weird to me. Um, and it feels like the sort of the friction between Charlotte and Stanford feels a little confected for yeah. television it just it feels like a trope rather than a reality that he's suddenly becoming sort of mr sassy and you just think that's not all the way through mm. he was supposed to be the sweet nerdy yeah. neurotic need but you know he would be there for her at whatever time of night she rang and you know he would always be her plus one and he would just love her for who she was as opposed to big wanting her kind of as as a booty call Mm. Um, and yeah, she's he's he's being brought into this slightly waspish kind of character, and I just it doesn't feel right for him. No, but it also feels it's, like yeah. it's saying the others are are not you know truthful with each other. It's sad, and obviously we know obviously this will be Willie Garson's last yeah. role, and, it, and it, yeah, I'm just it really breaks my heart. But I'm getting me and me and Stanford. I'm not loving it this this season. Nor did I enjoy Anthony's. <laughs> we shouldn't take Rose seriously because she's a child like oh come on a she's not a child she's obviously a young adult yeah what did he use he used the analogy of um he was he i wrote it down he said when she was six she told you she was a dog is she a dog now no that's like and that's that's like yeah it's a little a little bit of piers morgan yeah i was just about to say you took the words literally you took the words out of my mouth that is i think i feel like the way it's going is charlotte is going to decide that anthony's wrong to say that i think i don't think charlotte was convinced by him saying that i don't think it was supposed to be presented as like did you get that from the the range of facial expressions (laughs) that she managed to evoke (laughs) during shay's kind of monologue yes. it's like because they had this really long focus on her and she was obviously staring and supposing to act you know that she's thinking deeply about what's being said and you're just like is what it's not moving love none of it's moving <laughs> i mean you know? so, so stella when when i when i first emailed Stella about coming on the podcast you you were distressed about charlotte and <laughs> i'm facial about charlotte generally because i feel like she's <laughs> i literally feel like she's filler at the moment in the show because it's not <laughs> quite clear <laughs> come on come on it's excellent and that is not me judging yeah 
women who decide to have plastic surgery. It's more that it's like, because she's not at the moment, she's just this foil. So it's like Rose can talk, can 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 tell her that she feels that she's non-binary, and Harry can still be the perfect kind of partner in 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 you know. Uh, what's I mean like like he's not 3d Harry he's not a real you know he's just this sort of odd moments with Harry but because mm-hmm. he's just so perfect because he's I really great with the kids the and... yeah there was definitely a scene missing and I can guarantee it was in the script and got cut where, where Charlotte speaks to Harry about Rose mm. like that is a real omission that she she talks to Anthony about it but not Harry and yeah. we just get this bizarre scene where he urinates and that's yeah. that's all we see of Harry. But it's, it's part of their kind of, oh, look, they're all getting old now and here it is. He's, he's, he's a man he's of his prostate. age who can, who can still, still pee standing up. Yeah, great. Great. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how that takes things forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Charlotte's, Charlotte, what was Charlotte's electric toothbrush that was also a water bottle? Oh, that is a water flosser. Oh. I had to ask my husband. <laughs> it's a water flosser. It's not a toothbrush. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the thing apparently. <laughs> but now on on mm. so I'm I'm really glad did you know what that we've mentioned Charlotte's face because it's a bit of an elephant in the room. Yeah. I I sit here before us as someone who has enjoyed the occasional collagen lip filler. No. Um but <laughs> it's to Dylan, it's true. I know. <laughs> it's really me, cosmetic <laughs> surgery, how dare you? Um but it's it's a, it's a feminist one. So the whole point of So I Got to Thinking was that we would take old episodes of this sitcom from years ago and apply our feminist thinking of 2021 to this show. Yeah. The men, we note, of this series, whether it's Steve or Harry or Anthony or Stanford, have been allowed to age. Whereas... For whatever reason, there are conversations about Miranda's hair colour. Mm. Um, you know, when the, when the trailer first landed, there was a lot of commentary of, fuck, look how old they all look. And then at the same time, we've got this issue where Charlotte has, again, I'm sorry, Kristen Davis, I love you, I will always love you. But yeah. I think it's fair to say she's had some dermal fillers, she's had some cosmetic work. And it's distracting, and it, it is distracting. Yeah, we, well, because think... it's not Charlotte who's had the. It, it would be an interesting part of the show if Charlotte was shown right? to be thinking yes. and, and to be and to feel the pressure. But it's not. It's Kristen Davis has had it, and then no one's talking. Yeah, about it, and that's what it is. Say, acknowledging, you, like you are so right. If this is a double, plot line, the, the, yeah. the whole show is a double standard oh. because they're making this big play about oh look at the guys are getting older. And then they're they're kind of nodding to the women getting older, but somehow still being incredibly glamorous the whole time. And you think they're literally manifesting the pressure that women feel mm. to look a certain way. And part of that is for some women about using plastic surgery and nobody's talking about it. Mm. But what she's had done is so pronounced. How could you not talk about I mean, how even if Harry just had a, a line about how he felt about it or was she doing it again or something like that? It would be at least acknowledgement that that is part of the pressures that they they claim to be talking about. So they claim to be liberating women to talk, you know, isn't it wonderful they've got the 50 somethings on screen, but all they're doing is reinforcing the pressure that you've got to look 20. Mm. Well, this is why I bang you know, on. And dress like a milkmaid. <laughs> and, dress, and dress like Heidi. Yeah. But this is why I'm always, and I've always been very, very open about having Botox or having my mm. lips done, because what I would love to see this show discuss 
is the shame around it and the secrecy around it. And I like to think now that we're moving into a, a place where having your lips done or having Botox isn't any different to those scenes back in Sex and the City where they would get manicures or pedicures. So I extend a challenge to the writers of Sex and the City, which is to include this in the script, include Charlotte unapologetically having her fillers, because then that way it's a choice she is making as an adult woman who has a fuck ton of money and can (laughs) spend that money however she wants to. Look at Madonna, you know, I just think it's insane. I love it. I love her. I love that she has invented herself time and time again. With this, though, it's almost like it's there and we can see it's there, but we're not allowed to talk about it. And that is the, I think, the jarring it's, it's, thing. It's, it's the Andy McDowell principle, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, let's talk about how you're getting older because your hair's gone grey. Your face still looks like you're 20. Mm. And no one's going to talk or question about how that's happened or why there's the pressure to do that but we're going to say we're terribly liberated because we're talking about hair color and you're like hair color is not the bar for whether or not you feel pressure about how you look as you get older and what society says to you about whether you are successful or not depending on how you keep it together you know I I mean they they kill off big on a peloton in, in episode one and nobody kind of says well hang on a minute he's a man in his 60s exercise in fact they, they they come out with like peloton did you see that peloton and yes. dylan an read the statement like, dylan, dylan yeah we read it out last <laughs> week yeah, like, oh dear um it's like the quest the quest for youthfulness which they claim to be critiquing in the show because you've got steve going deaf and harry peeing for long lengths of time it's like that isn't touching the side yeah. of what we're really talking about here and it's such a shame that they don't show you know that these women are are older and maybe they are what I mean actually the irony is they're not wiser is it because they're still chasing around literally as we saw in episode three trying to settle old scores and feeling neurotic you mm. know I mean at the end of the day he did marry Carrie so this kind of idea that you know and, and, and I know we don't talk about Sex and the City too but that was exactly about basically she had tamed yeah quote unquote big um, I mean, maybe that's why he got a peloton, and that's where it led to his downfall. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, if you get a telly in your bedroom, it's a it's a short hop, skip, and jump to a peloton in your bedroom and death. That is the moral. I'm and, and the towel rack. Don't forget the, the towel rack. The space towel to have a towel this episode rack. by yeah, this episode of the podcast, by the way, is sponsored by Peloton. Thank you, Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> peloton, Peloton, and fillers have brought you. <laughs> Ju- Juvederm is sponsoring it. Um, <laughs> Let's wind up with Miranda. So, yep. What I like about Miranda is that sometimes when you're in a writer's room, a lot of execs will be like, but where, where's this going? You know, what's, you know, what's the simplest way we can tell this story? And it turns out the simplest way you can tell a story is by having a woman carry around tiny, empty bottles of oh, alcohol. Oh, such a cliche, those little bottles of alcohol. <laughs> also, like, you wouldn't drink from the... Who buys those little... I mean, I don't know. No, but you the, get them, I, I you get them, you you get them in a hotel bar yeah. and you get them mm. on, on a plane. But she's been yes. in neither a hotel bar nor surely a plane. You would, surely it would be, like, three empty, like, M&S cans of gin and tonic, like, clattering around. That's what's in my bag. <laughs> Why would you not put them in the bin? Why are they in her bag? That's such bad no, no, no. I, no, I get, I get that. It's recycling. She's very environmentally she sustainable. Oh, Miranda. But we also, but we also need to talk about the, the scene with Che, and in fact, how they're using Che, because it's, I mean, it's very meta, isn't it, to be talking about a podcast yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. This we are having to do some soul searching around but our own like, podcast. It's like literally with Che. I mean, Che is a comedian. They need to be cut a break 
just to do normal normal dialogue because everything is so meaningful and, yeah. positive. and you're like nobody nobody talks like that all the time yeah have nobody <laughs> like I was, I was about to say something so bitchy but i didn't <laughs> that's how i oh. stopped myself no i i do i know i do know some activists <laughs> 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 I know activists. Name names, name names. I'm, I'm not going to name names, but I know I know some people who are very mired in the world of both political activism and also gender activism. Who sometimes I'm like, could we just talk about selling sunset? Could we please just talk about something yeah. that isn't activism or politics? Can we just have five minutes where we talk about? the best sandwich at Pratt or something. But that, that's the thing. They're not, nobody is that believable if you don't think they've made like a lunch yeah. order. Mm-hmm. And nothing that character <laughs> says isn't without kind of like incidental music underneath yes. it to, to remind you that this is the message of the, and it's the weird. that you're watching. it's weird because they're... And he just actually really undermines the believability of the person. And it's weird because in their stand-up set, they actually criticise... TV television shows putting characters like that in a box and then the TV show proceeds to do that but I don't I think it's but I, I thought that was a like a but those of you at the back you haven't quite yeah. got it yet yeah <laughs> I think it's I but I I would agree with Juno in that Juno and I like probably from our time in like LGBT media and and in that whole scene we do I like I know people who are like that for sure who, who editorialise everything they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, not naming names. I mean, when we stopped recording, Stella. Uh, oh, totally. <laughs> gonna, I mean, I'm going to take you and you know some of them as well. But, um, but, it, but, well, but, so, yeah, okay, there are people like that in politics too. Yeah. But this is meant to be about real life. Yeah. And human, I, ju- I just yeah. think True. there needs to be some downtime with Che. True. There needs I to be hope, like, yeah, you know, Che playing PlayStation mm. or something. Just to... I really hope as the plot develops, Miranda yeah. calls Che out and says, "Could you just be real? I feel like I'm getting yeah, stand up." That'd be good. And maybe we'll get. And I will say this: as much as all of Che's dialogue is so incredibly on the nose, and it really, really is. It's so 101. It's introduction introduction to gender 101 but it says a lot about sarah ramirez's performance that i still really like che yeah. despite despite how one note they are i'm yeah. kind of like oh no oh, okay you warmed the character although we need to talk about who is the other guy in the podcast <laughs> just, it's like hang on a minute that i mean that is too much of a that's you know back to having piers morgan in for <sighs> kind of comedy value it's like <laughs> I don't think we're at the point where we can laugh yet about someone who's that yeah, you know, annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. With the cat. With the, did you notice he's always got his pet cat with him? So, oh, no, no. Awful. Awful. Just write him out immediately. We also, Although um, they're, cl- they're clearly going to do something more with the hot producer guy. Like that, he's right? obviously going to come yes. forward. I, is why he being lined up as... Him? I mean, I say, my personal preference is bring in Joey Tribbiani for the Friends yeah, Sex and the City yeah. mashup for mm. Carrie's new love interest. But is he being set up to be Carrie's new love interest is my... Is he Hashtag hot tip. So when we were watching them record on the streets of Manhattan, we've seen Carrie dating a guy. Do we think this producer is that guy she was making I out I was with? thinking that. I don't think it's him. It's a different, is it it's not different him? person. We, we are seeing much too much of this man for him to not be involved. Yeah, he's definitely... Some point. You know, he's either, it's, either, it's either Carrie or Charlotte, isn't it? I mean, and... Well, maybe it could be interesting. Hmm. There could be like a... I mean, that would give Charlotte a plot line, finally. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there would be like... Because it often cuts to him after Che 
stops speaking and he's like smiling. Maybe there could be an interesting three, like thruple thing with him and Trey and Miranda. Um, mm-hmm. But we're, I mean, we're, this is what we're here to do, but we're massively overanalyzing it, but that's, but that's fine. I'll tell you which scene I did like was when Charlotte plucks up the courage to speak to Carrie about Miranda's drinking. And the reason I liked it is because of how defensive Carrie got. Mm. That really yeah. rang tr- that really rang true to me, which is because as a group, they are enablers, <laughs> which is they spend all their time celebrating cocktails in a bar. And yeah. so actually Never if, eating. They never, never eat those guys, do they? You know. If if Charlotte and Carrie accept that Miranda has a drink problem, they're gonna have to do some soul searching as well. And I actually thought Carrie really brutally shutting down Charlotte is dark, but it felt quite truthful. I've had that conversation. Yeah, I also thought, I wondered whether it was part of the, like, they're trying to make Charlotte more of a kind of neurotic, needy, like, less of a fun character, aren't they? So the scene with Stanford, you know, and the whole like, oh, you know, just when Carrie really needs you, you're making it all about you sort of stuff. And and you didn't get that far. I mean, Charlotte in the original series was the ultimate dependable person who would turn up with a basket of muffins that she'd handmade for you whenever anything went wrong. So they're definitely, they're trying to turn you, I think, against Charlotte. Um, And I'm not quite sure why, because I don't know if that makes it necessarily a better story about friendship. Yeah. Right, I thought it was it was absolutely classic. The way that Carrie was so dismissive of Charlotte felt also about Charlotte as well as no, no, no. Miranda is you know always in charge of her life, super successful city lawyer who's now made a decision to go back to university and you know is about to have a midlife crisis mm. involving a bike and a leather jacket. Mm. Oh, I do. I do feel. I feel very sad for Steve. I mean, granted, poor old David Eisenberg hasn't had anything to work with in the last three weeks. I mean, bless. He's gone from hearing aids to sweet toppings. Let's let's be very clear. Miranda picked him over Blair Johnson. Like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking, Dr. Robert? Dr. Robert. Dr. Robert. At that point, at that point, Miranda lost. She lost many of us. I thought the, I thought one, of the um, one of the most cringe because her and Steve sit and watch um, shows at home and eat chia seeds on ice cream or whatever it is. And one of I think possibly the most cringe line in this episode is when Miranda says to Charlotte, "Oh, I've been watching too many streaming series." Like <laughs> yes. no one says. Is that like an American? No thing? one has Do ever they call said them that. Streaming I think they couldn't yeah. say like, "Oh, I've been watching too much Netflix," or "I've been watching." Yeah, non other brands are yeah, available. Streaming series. <laughs> Having said that, I love I love the idea that she's got a son who's absolutely rampant yes. and is like actually though they, they, they are brilliant comedy foils, those two. Every little scene with them is just very funny. Yeah. yeah um that's true. And that kind of saves it. But yeah, I've no sympathy for Steve. He, he he's punching. <laughs> um <laughs> And 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 he's a two-dimensional. That's what both him and Harry at the moment are just very two-dimensional mm. as kind of you know other types of male characters are available. And we need like there needs to be more definition of interesting people um to make the women look like they're not making really bad choices all the time and then kind of backing each other mm. up in them. Maybe that's the point. Women make bad choices with alcohol, not to eat, to wear a place belt on your head at your <laughs> husband's funeral um and to go out with men who turn out to be arseholes yeah. you know? 
Let's see. I, I will say I will say this, and I said it last week. There, do you know what? I'm fully back in. I'm yeah. like, so, like, oh yeah. I woke up so yesterday. I was I felt like death warmed up. I'd had my booster jab. Get your booster jab, everyone. I'd had my booster jab. I dragged myself out of bed at eight o'clock, like a that tiny child on that Christmas morning. I was excited. I was, and it's been so long since I felt so excited that I will watch a show and I'm having my breakfast. So for all cool. your many many faults and just like that. I'm in. I'm hooked. Well, it's, we need yeah. to, we need we need to say we need to acknowledge it, don't we? Because although we do not acknowledge the existence of Sex in the City two, the mm. first episode felt like a continuation of that, but episode three feels like more of the original series, yeah. and yeah. that's why we all, st- you know, at the time obviously we were all obsessed with it, but that's why we were obsessed with it because it felt funny and observational about human beings rather than. Eek, oh my god any minute now out comes Liza Minnelli singing single ladies and it's all over <laughs> I don't know what you mean because there was no, never I know, never, happened, never happened never happened yeah so if any never so happened. if any listeners are listening to the podcast but haven't bothered or have heard bad things we would recommend sticking with it yes oh as if our as if our listeners are not watching and like <laughs> that, I would say that the overlap of people who love our podcast and people who love and just it is a circle. yeah I think so um yeah. so I'm, I'm not I, worried about that I, I I will fully admit to having watched Sex and the City 2 all the way through several times oh, yeah. I think just because I couldn't believe how I was like no really did I imagine that did I actually imagine Liza Minnelli doing that no no here it comes <laughs> like <laughs> Once you're in, you're in. <laughs> Stella Creasy, MP for Walthamstow. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming on. <laughs> so I got to thinking, like, we, th- this is it now. We we are we're a proper podcast. Yeah. Anyone who had doubts, we we've had a politician I on now. Yeah, I, d- I don't know whether, whether I verify it or, or kind of <laughs> you are you are it. the human <laughs> equivalent of a blue tick. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> We've well, that, landed. That, yeah, that, that's that's kind of nicer than what some people tell me I'm the human equivalent of. Oh, so, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. no. no. To, to all our listeners, remember MPs are people too. Um, and they are except. watching just as much trashy TV <laughs> as you, I promise you. <laughs> um, thank you very, very much. Where can we find you online, Stella? Uh, I'm on at Stella Creasy and you can find me on the Twitters, on the Bookface and even on the Instas these days. Great. Oh, there we go. Um for the rest of you, you can find us at S-I-G-T-T podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Do let us know your thoughts as ever. Are you enjoying and just like that? Or have you completely given up? And yes, even though it's Christmas, there are going to be new episodes next week. So Dylan and I will bravely record on Christmas yeah. Eve to make sure that you have a new episode Commitment. next week the as well. Public, the public service <laughs> that you provide goodness Just me truly truly no one has struggled like this. Uh, but well, yeah, and, you know and you can wake up and you can either talk to your family on christmas day or you can catch up on just like yeah. that and the merry, podcast. merry christmas we'll see you next week until then take care Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.